Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 242. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Echoes of Invasion. Set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. For the story up to this point, visit our website, DiceyStories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. Here we are in the city of Weldon, two young elves, having just talked with the most prestigious elf they've ever met outside their forest. The only elf they've ever met outside their forest. You had two things that you were expressed interest in doing. One is catching up with Alric's parents, and one is a tour of the battlefields surrounding the city. It's up to you whether you wish to pursue the battlefield during this visit to Weldon or on a future time. Regardless of when you do it, Trick has a contact to do right. it. That was a result of triumphantly telling a story about water dowsing. That's right. Didn't save a man's life this time, but got hooked up with a tour guide. Might come in handy. So I believe you are headed over to the establishment, which I didn't tell you the name of last right. time, but the name of the establishment is Plume and Paper. Very nice. And when you arrive, Ocean is at the counter serving a customer of some sort. Hands over a pile of paper to a very fancily dressed individual. The paper is like wrapped in cheaper looking paper to protect it <laughs> with a fancy ribbon. Like Ocean is tying the fancy ribbon around it, like as you guys come in. Hmm, what kind of knot is he using? <laughs> you hear a, a warbling sound behind you, Trick, as mate flies down and lands on the windowsill and looks in and examines the, the tying of the ribbon. Like, I have to give Mate, like, a signal that, like, no, there's falcons here, man. <laughs> I want to be here. He's like, I've been with falcons. Yeah, I think it's just... Just draw the finger across the throat? Yeah. I would like Mate to make a survival check to see if he survives. <laughs> Skills Mate does not have. Mate doesn't have survival? No, he just forages. It's just one purple difficulty. This is his natural environment. And he made some friends along the way. He does have aid from other magpies around that he befriended. And you are in a city in a field. So I will agree to your <laughs> two boost dice that you so magnanimously gave yourself. <laughs> that is success with a threat. So Mate kind of looks at you and says, Pixie Dragon! And uh, flies up. And you hear like the caw of a, of a falcon. And then mate like <laughs> zooms away. That's what I was telling you, man. They don't know you're a pixie dragon. <laughs> I'm a tough, tough magpie. I took out. No, 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 no. Yeah, remember that time Adderin chased you all the... the way. These birds are bigger, I think. So, fancy customer takes their pile of papers wrapped up in their nice big bundle, and is like, yes, yes. This is all in water ocean. We'll see you again next week at this time. Hands out. Trick finds it slightly interesting that this noble goes to get the paper themselves and does not have someone else do it for them. Maybe he is the servant. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. I don't think they'd have that attitude if they were the servant. Does Trick do anything with that notion? I think in the interest of making trouble. <laughs> not, will... not Trick. I was warned that, <laughs> yes. that that would happen. He will just uh, attempt to politely stop this prison. Uh, do you stop them, like, inside the shop? Uh, just as they're heading out, and I'd like, stop is a strong word. You uh, hailed them? Yeah. I'd just say, uh, excuse me, good uh, good fellow. Do you mind uh, telling me uh, what noble lord would be receiving these this fine paper? I'm just implying that they're not that noble yep, person. Yep, yep. You were trying to be insulting? Uh, I, or you were investigating this situation? I'm trying to insult them without directly implicating myself. I want it to seem like a sincere question, but for them to take it as... What do you mean? I'm the noble. Okay, this is a coercion check. Oh boy. Not a deception check. No, you're trying to make them feel bad. That's true. Uh, but I gotta stir up trouble somewhere, so might as well That's be. That's how good. you get favors. Yeah. Alright, the difficulty you're rolling against is red and two purples. 
You've got plenty of story points. The first roll of the day. Oh no. No, make me. Make me the first roll of the day. Uh, I will spend a story point. Why not? That is two successes and three threats. Okay, I think they learn your true motivation here, which is to cause trouble. <laughs> Troublesome elf. Reinforce a bad stereotype. There's probably no stereotype about that. Elfish mischief? Yeah. <laughs> That's unfortunate. I had ideas on what to do with advantages, but not for actual success. I just like to look on Jen's face like, what do I do with this? So the response to that is, these papers are for Lord Ucho. To whom you are addressing yourself, elf, I would be careful if I were you out in the fields around this city, for my knights are ever vigilant. Uh, he's going to make a person check back at you. Perfect. That is going to be, is he going to discipline, right? One purple, one red. <laughs> I hope it's not a paper cut you get <laughs> from the night. I'm not upgrading this. I don't think you have anything that you're particularly... Nope, but uh, do I have to decide ahead? It's whatever, I'm doing the uh, clever retort, regardless of what the outcome is. Okay. The result is one success and one threat because of your clever retort. Yes. Oh my, you're not a horse lord, are you? No, that'd be far from... I thought the horse lords controlled all the knights. Sorry, these Wesnot politics change so fast. So he has one threat here. This is an exchange at the doorway, and like yeah. you've each made a roll, and like he's moving on. Do you have any particular thoughts about that threat? I don't have anything particular thoughts about that threat. I, I like the elvish mischief idea that Trick will try to smooth this over. Is like ah, just some little elvish mischief, old chap. Not young, young lad. <laughs> yeah, sorry, is this fellow older? No, 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 oh, I just right. meant, like, That's you're true. indicating you're some worldly elf. It, this human is clearly older than yes. you are. This is a middle-aged human. Middle-aged human. Joyful, mischievous elves after I was reading the thing. I was like, I don't know anybody like that. <laughs> We're the only ones. Yeah, just a little elvish mischief, my friend. We try not to take ourselves too seriously when we can. Ucho turns to look at Ocean and, and says, I would advise you to... Finish your business with these interlopers as fast as you can. And uh, with a swoop of his little cape and his fancy clothes, he walks off. He does not look at all dressed for any sort of combat or anything like that. But he has the papers himself, and he leads. I should have directed Nate to mess with them, but too late now. Oh, Nate, you owe me a favor. That's right. No, you were actually scared Nate away. That is true. All right, I've caused enough trouble. All right, you enter. Did you know him? No. I do now, though. Make a vigilance check, because you guys are probably not on the lookout for anything. What's the difficulty? I don't remember if Ocean needed cool for anything last time, but I'm decreeing that he has one cool now, so it's a red and a purple. Okay. Is this each of us? Yeah. This is a check to see if you notice his reaction to what just happened at the doorway. No. I have a threat, though. Two success, one advantage. Maybe I'm worried about what kind of trouble it's going to get him into with the nobles. You're too busy worrying about that to, like, take note of, like, his actual response. Yeah. But Tricky succeeded. Yes. With an advantage. Ocean is, like, watching that, and you can tell, like, he is trying to, like, play it cool, but you can, like, see, like, the sweat on the brow, the slightly, like, wide eyes. All right, I'll have to smooth things over with him. Ruffles things with this guy, smooth things over with this guy. And so when you guys like come in all the way, he will even go so far as to say, you, you really shouldn't antagonize Lord Uchal. My apologies. I, I uh, didn't know who he was. He's, he's got the king's ear. The king is... Conrad? Con- Conrad the second. Two, two. okay. Sorry, it's hard to keep track of these I, things. I think Hepa might remember, but Lex didn't. I do apologize. Certainly, when next you see him, you can say that you tossed us out most fastidiously. <laughs> so that's, that's not the kind of reputation I want my shop to have. Tossing customers out on the street like that? You can feel free to throw... You can just throw me under... Not throw me under the bus, that's not it. Throw you under the cart? Yeah, throw, throw me under the cart to repair any relations. I did not mean any ill will towards your, your business here. And he'll, he'll say, uh, our, our relationship has weathered harsher times than this. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get long far. He turns around, makes a little sigh, looks at the, all the, the gears and stuff. But uh, pictures in his mind how it worked yesterday when Trick gave him some aid. And he uh, doesn't have to make a roll this time. There's distant tinkling and uh, sounds of steps. And Lonfar 
comes down the stairs. She uh, was clearly like just doing work with the Falcons as she has her arm guard on. And she also, uh, let's see, the scroll cases are pretty small. <laughs> the ones that they carry? <laughs> yeah, she's, she's got like a few of like the rolled up pieces of paper. So they are like very small and tight and everything. But so she's got a handful of ribbons of paper. And she comes down and she says, oh, it's, it's good that you were able to come again. Please, please join us for a meal. Why don't you? Okay, we don't mean to impose more than this. That would be wonderful. Thing. But yes. <laughs> now we have to watch out for nights. <laughs> my nights on the plane. Yeah, whatever. My sister's a knight. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> or a horse lord. Whatever. My knight can beat up your knight. <laughs> you have a horse. Eh. Trick just doesn't have an appropriate fear of horses and knights. <laughs> You've watched knights in tournament. You haven't seen knights in, like, he has not had to face down a mounted warrior. Or in political thing. I think Tepa might have an unhealthy fear of nobility based on... Her mother? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Her mother and the whole thing she heard about the falcons. Ah. Like, they won't even let you have birds. Not a fight. So she tells Ocean he, sh- he should really just close the shop for the day. And Ocean's like, yeah, Lord Ujol's already come by, so... I, I can I can close the shop. So they takes a sign, flips it over. The sign does say open and closed with words, but it also has a symbol on it so that illiterate people know. He closes the door up, and then you guys head behind the counter and through the door into the back half of the house where there is cooking, like there's stuff simmering. So it's not long before you can have your meal. And then Far says, why don't we eat in traditional dune folk style? <gasps> and you, you hear Ocean like mutter about his poor knees, but uh, <laughs> she she gets out um, a blanket and like spreads it on the floor in the large room and like gestures for you all to like sit. And then she gets out a large platter and dishes stuff onto it. This is a communal dish. It's a rice based food very aromatic it's got cashews and raisins and some other Mm, things in it then there's also large flat breads similar to like pitas or naan or so the idea is you grab the rice with your bread and you eat it and um she pours you guys all more of the mead and again does the little toast of may you never thirst yep you always have enough to drink and she invites you to enjoy the meal. Huzzah. Is this traditional dune folk? This is a recipe that she learned from her parents. Does it have the... Uh, I already mentioned some spice blend that was favored by the dune folk. right in there. That was <laughs> so curious. She forgets that... Yeah. Okay. Trick contains a look of... <laughs> I, and I think she says, yeah, he mentioned that Damami... And then I think that's when she trails off and <laughs> realizes... <laughs> <laughs> Trick's gonna offend your customers. I'm here for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can make a charm check. Okay. Charm against Lanthar is a red and two purples, but you are getting two blue dice added. Just because she's friendly towards me? I'm not going to reveal why there are two blue dice until you learn a bit more about her. Okay, can I, um, I'm gonna use a story point because she wants Aurek's mother to like her. Failed. With a triumph and a threat. You should take some strain. So like, maybe it's the as once she realizes that she just jumped right in and that's when she trails off and I think gets weird. Given that you rolled a triumph, I think it would make sense if Hepa's words included that Alric mentioned this was his favorite. Like you oh, said yeah, yeah, yeah. he mentioned a rice dish that was spiced. If you also like say like, oh he mentioned his favorite food was yeah, because her whole motivation was to find out what it is. Yeah. So this starts the meal off very rocky because you've like jumped right into this topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you have communicated that you have a level of intimacy with Alric, right? Right. And also that this is his favorite food and it was significant enough that he told you that. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't know that this is his favorite food. She just knows there's Right. The there's spiced a dish. rice dishes. Yeah. So that communicates important information to his parents regarding the veracity of your, of your claims. And that's why she's led with your family and not with that she knows Alric. 
but definitely there is this little awkwardness. <laughs> and then she trails off a little bit. Where I was going to go was what are in the spices or what's in the traditional spices or anything about how it's made or anything. You know how Hepa wants to know all that stuff. So I don't know if she got that out or anything. So you've created a little bit of tension here. Oh, yeah. And like Lonfar moves away from it. But she does like, she's like, why don't I go get them to show you? So like she like it gets up away from like the blanket and the food, perhaps to compose herself. You know, not exactly sure. To go, like, pull spices together from her rack. Uh, trick. So, Ocean, you've been a paper maker your whole life? You've come from a long line of paper makers? Oh, you're interested in paper making too! <laughs> and he starts talking about um, Ocean is the kind who will fill asylum. That's right, he's an excitable person. Yeah, so he um, he said he, he kind of had to, like, learn and redevelop some of the trade himself because he lost his home in the war mm. and... Uh, he had just been apprentice level when, um, you know, go ahead and make a charm check also to see, like, Sounds good. how... I do so much better with the dad. It's a red and purple. I'm going to upgrade that. But I'm asking about his excitable yes. profession. Yeah, and he likes sharing. Well, that is a failure with three advantages and a despair. Okay. There's three advantages here. Yes. There's a despair. So in his answering of the question, he says, like, well... He only was an apprentice when the undead hordes poured over the border and destroyed his village and killed his whole family. So, Bad memories. <laughs> so he goes off and like we're just sitting here in silence, <laughs> he enjoying leave. this food. He doesn't leave, but like he's a war refugee as well, and you know maybe you're getting a little bit more of an idea of how widespread like the kingdom of Wesnoff was overrun. It wasn't just like oh some zombies chased wedgery around the country. This was large, this was widespread. And yeah, there's a sort of pall has fallen over this. But you have three advantages. I have three advantages. I can learn something about him, I suppose. What would be of interest for you to learn about Ocean? What is his desire? His desire is security, safety. So in his, his talking about it, he will say that he had to make his own way in the world, and uh, with many other refugees, made his way to Weldon. Of course, Weldon was then nearly overrun by undead, and everybody hunkered down and, you know, cowered while that all happened. Um, but he's been able to really build something here, you know, and uh, able to provide for his family, and nothing too terrible has happened too recently. Like, so you have, like, the despair here, right? right. So it obviously, like... There's an uncomfortableness, right? He's able to provide for his family, oh, but they kind of lost their son along the way. Like, nothing too terrible has happened, well, too recently. Like, so you get that, like, he's probably the kind who will, like, that little dog that sits in the fire that says, this is fine, this is fine, right? He is trying to build up, like, security and safety around him, and it doesn't right. always work, but that's what his goal is. Okay. And, and like, right now, he's he's kind of like, you know. Things the, seem like they're going okay. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's excitable, he's also a little bit of a warrior. Yeah. Okay. Lonfar returns with an array, like a spice rack, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, there's this and this and this and this and this. She names the various spices that go into the rice. And she tells you, she is, uh, it seems, immersing herself in like the discussion of the rice dish as an extremely safe topic. Heba's happy to follow her down there, but she'll be a little hesitant because she doesn't want to say anything wrong. But if there's any point where she can just ask about specific things, she's happy to join her there. Yep. You guys are able to have a conversation in which she tells you all the ingredients. And probably Heba asks more and more penetrating questions about rice dish making and gets the whole recipe. Okay. Now you can make it for all. <laughs> Level up. You get a rice dish recipe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then, of course, she's going to ask questions about, like, because now that gets a little alchemical with, like, mixtures of the different spices and things like that. So so are you asking whether they, any of them have alchemical or medicinal uses? No, actually, I think she's just more thinking about the flavor profiles. Like, what are the things that spices might be used in so that she kind of gets a sense of if they all just come together or if there was anything like that, she'd be happy to learn it. But maybe more of, like, 
oh, cinnamon, and then, oh, yeah, yeah, it can be used in sweet stuff, too, or whatever, just things like that in traditional. Maybe she asked about other traditional dishes and how if they all have the same spices or whatever. Okay. If there's an alchemy thing to be found, she'd love to learn that, but at this point, she's just curious about the spices and how you mix them and things like that. Make an alchemy check. So yeah, I could do an alchemy. Average. <laughs> I don't succeed, but I do have six advantages. Maybe I don't learn anything, but I can sway her towards a more comfortable topic or something somehow. Yeah. From the discussion of the rice dish, you don't manage to extrapolate anything regarding other uses for the spices or other combinations or or anything like that. There's nothing workable from a cooking or brewing perspective there. Right. But you have six advantages. So some things that you can do with those advantages are you can make her more comfortable with you essentially break the ice or you could spend them to like learn specific things like motivationally understanding it's an alchemy check it's not a social skill check but in this context it would be fine because you're talking about these topics there's six advantages so i would say three of them can be used to overcome the the awkwardness that the meal started with and then you would have three on hand to do other things with yeah, I mean, I think the break the ice and maybe just make her more, because Hepa wants her to like her, so anything that makes her more comfortable. And then maybe the other, she learns something about dune folk or the dune folk culture or okay. anything that I can stick on my map. Oh, okay. Okay. So she talks about how in Westnoth, some of these spices are harder to come by than they were back where she grew up. Mm-hmm. And um, that some of them require a very dry environment, and so they only grow like on the southeast edge of West North, and so you have to get them like special delivered and shipped up. Her birds are only able to carry scroll cases around. It's not like she can have them. Well, they don't have harnesses. So you you say that? Yeah. She at first she's like, I don't put Jesses on my falcons, and she seems like a little bit. Not like offended so much, but yeah. it's kind of like, I don't do that. But you know, you have those those advantages, right? Towards improving the situation. And so you can clarify like, oh, I don't mean leashes of any sort. Yeah, personally, I don't know what a jest is. So that might be the same thing. In falconry, there's often like kind they of like go on the legs or something. leather cords ah. on the legs. The point here is that Adderin's out for the side. Like right. the dune folk don't equip their bird in any sort of like confinement right you know they don't keep them in cages or pens oh okay so then yeah uh i could clarify that I, because i think she got the sense that it was something xerxes just maybe it just kind of invented she doesn't yes. know if it's yeah alric told you like they saw what you had done and yeah xerxes made something better so do you like wish to share with her like this uh harness innovation that adrin has recently adopted do you have a drawing for it on your map you know, you have said how cute the birds are. Did you? Yeah, maybe I could just show her a drawing. It's sort of like this. I don't want to, I'm afraid to name Xerxes. <laughs> the names seem to be problems, but. Oh, he's pretty on the level. Well, I don't know what her, like, I already know she's mad at Ulrich and Damal. I don't know if she's mad at Xerxes. Maybe. I know those are contentious. So you take out your. Yeah, so I say it's sort of like this and, um. I'm trying to think maybe, because Xerxes is a blacksmith. She could say there's a blacksmith that made something like this. Okay, can you sketch it out? Yeah. Both of them are going to like look at your blueprint yeah. with interest. And trick. Yes. What are you doing? Did you have like follow-up to the tragic story of Ocean's No, energy? probably best to let that <laughs> lie low. They're looking at this. Trick, I think we'll just add details of like, yes, is like this made receiving supplies from Damal like much, much easier. Okay. It's like a, a mod is still very lightweight amount, but for like high impact things like alchemical supplies, like you could deliver a little bit. Okay. And the Falcon could still move his sufficient speed to, you know, chase off another bird and hunt if it had to. Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically. Okay. I have like a lore role to um, reflect this. And you guys can work together on that. It's going to be two purples and a black. And this represents your ability to like make the schematics and 
This okay. is like you drawing and like describing this device. Okay. Is um, it, it or it's not mechanics or is that because it's not a moving part thing? I guess we're not building one right now. Uh, yeah, but I think you are right. I think mechanics is better. Okay, but it's two purples and black? It's two purples and a black. Okay. You don't have the device in front of you. Right. You're not actually like fabricating it. You're trying to draw it. One advantage. So they're evaluating it and they're kind of like, ah, oh, that looks like it would cut into the wings. They appreciate like the novelty of the idea, but it doesn't look like something that she would want to burden Falcons with. Right. And like they are talking with each other while they look over this, and it's clear both of them have a certain sort amount of engineering sense to them. Right. For all that, like Ocean can never remember which cord to pull for the right set of bells. He had to build his paper making equipment himself, so they both have that wherewithal. So, do folk culture-wise, you have learned a little bit about the manner in which. They ate. Lonfar mentions to you that they were a very mobile group, and so that meant like tents and carpets. Tables and chairs would have been too awkward to drag around everywhere. That's why they're sitting on the floor to eat. And but Ocean's like, but fortunately we're stable now. So with my knees. We can sit on chairs. Which she gives him like a playful shove. And says that, that he can sit on for a little while longer for the, the benefit of the Doom Folk visitor they have. I'm just giving Austin a heck of a day today, aren't I? <laughs> Chick, is there any way where you want to direct this conversation? Uh, I think Trick would segue into we're going to Dan Tonk next, but we'll be passing back through South Tower. Is there any message you would like us to give to Ulrich more directly? Oh. Or I think he hired a new scribe recently, so that might take care of things on its own. He did? Oh. Yes, he, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's hiring Helot to be his new scribe. Because Helot, you know, isn't biased against magic like his other scribe. But uh, Trick will certainly offer to do that if that's something she wants to do, but... So you're going to make a charm check. Yep. And you can have a blue die and a black die on this charm check. But I'm a half elf. <laughs> I don't know if I can help with it or not. I could try. Oh, maybe. We'll like see. Like if they have anything that's larger that they want to. Oh, that's true. If there's like an actual item that a bird cannot carry. Oh, okay. Okay. We can have to try to protect with our lives. Too <laughs> many precious pottery. Yeah. Like yeah. Us to, uh, you can have a blue die from Hepa suggesting actually uh, some sort of physical delivery as well. What is the difficulty here? Even though there's probably faster ways to deliver stuff. The difficulty is a red and two purples. I'm going to spend this last story one. Give myself a new Lots of good dice. Yep. Four successes. So you make your offer, and she says that, well, so Ocean immediately says, like, well, yes. (laughs) Give Alric a kiss for us. I'll take it. (laughs) So he immediately says, like, Yes, and then he, like, kind of throws a look at Lonfar and is kind of like, right? Yeah. And Lonfar, like, more, like, calmly kind of, like, nods, and she says, yes, certainly, but for me to figure out what to say, we're going to have to... Well, like I said, we're going to Dantonk. We'll probably pass back through Weldon on our way back. I have questions for you. Ask away. I'm Trick Manu. <laughs> <laughs> you know we don't say Manu is the last name? <laughs> yeah, but I do. Also, it's not pronounced Manu. <laughs> it's Manu. <laughs> it is? It's just no. my elvish accent, friends. <laughs> not Trick Manu? <laughs> she does not correct any of that stuff. <laughs> no, but what she does do is she does turn to the handful of paper ribbons that she brought downstairs with her, and she... Wipes her hands off. Covered in from ink the, and falcon. No, covered with... You're just eating. Oh, right. <laughs> so she wipes her hands off with a moist cloth, and she takes one of these ribbons and, like, pulls it out. She's like, I want to know where things went wrong. What she has is essentially all the letters that she has had from Damal in, like, the last ten years. And they don't take... They're in the little thing, so they're only, like, a bowl full of them. Okay. 
Right, and it's not like they're not writing to each other every week, right? Right. Um, Once a season, major holidays. Do so you want a fresh set of eyes on these? Yeah, so it, essentially, like, we have, like, a, a little research project here to, like, try to suss out, like, these messages from Damal. But also, she has, like, questions for you guys about, like, what you observed and what Damal said and what Alric said and, like, what did you observe between the two of them? And, like, tell me about, like, you met them both and, like... So there's like kind of, you have just introduced like the interrogation phase and I'm not going to like, you know, we're not actually conducting an interrogation here. It's up to you guys to tell me the things that your characters think are important to, to communicate to her, the things that you choose to communicate to her. If there's anything that you choose to obfuscate, if there's anything you want to outright lie about, Right. So. And there's both of you talking, and you cannot confer with each other in private about this without yep. looking suspiciously like you're going off and conferring. So... Will she tell us what, like, the end result was? Because the thing is, is, we don't even know where the state is of where we are now. So I don't know how I would ask that, but, like, what went wrong with what, maybe, is the question. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I think, well, we started, what is the last message she has that mentions Ulrich? is probably the, a reasonable place to start. Okay. We look at that. Is this a streetwise check to figure out what's well, really going on behind the scenes? We could have a streetwise check, but we also need a knowledge check because this is like a research. Right. Like you have a bunch of primary source materials that you're reading through and, and stuff like that. So we can have Trick make a streetwise check. We can have Heba make... I'm going to say this is lore because it's like history. Right. Yeah. I mean, help us so into a research project on Alric and Damal. This is like, she's so curious about all of this. So we'll have you guys make your rolls and then each of you is going to be making a roll with one red die included in it because I am spending a story point on each of your rolls. Yep. So Trick, your streetwise, the base was going to be three purples. So one of them is red. And Hepa... Your knowledge lore check, I'm also going to set that at three purples. I am applying one black die to each of your rolls because these letters are steeped in a culture that is quite foreign to you. Also, the writing is really tiny. It's just kind of annoying to have to... I'm not going to charge you for that. Three success and two threats. Just two successes. Okay. You had posed the question of, like, what's the last you heard of Alaric? Yeah. She, like, digs through the pile of, of letters. Ocean, meanwhile, has, like, quietly cleared away the food and stuff like that. And she, like, pulls up, like, strip after strip that has, like, and finds, like, the line where it says, I have no news for you of your son. Okay. Or things along those lines. And what you take note of, both of you having succeeded your text, is that it never says, I don't know anything about Alric. It never says, I have no news about Alric. It's always very carefully worded. I have no news about Alric for you. So it's not outright lying about anything. Of course, that would break his professional code. So you're digging around and stuff, and it's clear, like, in the last, like, five years or whatever, like, she stopped asking. So you go back through the stuff, and you, you find initial letters back and forth that must have been from around the time of Alric's crime because she wrote to them all, are you willing to to like to take Alric? Like we need to get him out of here. You don't have her side of the letter. Right. But it's clear that that she wrote to Damal asking for help. Damal's response to that is of course he will aid his sister that she needn't trouble herself any further over her wayward son. He really meant it. No more troubles. <laughs> His irresponsibility need not be her undoing. It's clear that Damal had a lot of feelings of like obligation and responsibility to his sister, and also that he viewed Alric as being a liability, an irresponsible liability. But at no point did he express any reservations about helping her right. in that situation. Right. And you encounter, like, kind of, like, the letter in the middle of all this, the one that just says, Alric has left. I don't remember Alric ever mentioning that he just left. So what Hepa knows is that Alric was sent to be with Damal, and what Alric told you was, 
that didn't really work out. He couldn't resume being like an alchemist. He didn't tell you like how much friction there was between him and Damal. Right. But you know that he took a job at the Parting Glass. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what I presume is he left. I'm just trying to figure out so, why Damal wouldn't mention that to his sister. So Damal's description of this is sufficiently vague that it can sound like Ulrich is completely gone. Right. Because after that point, he tells her he has no news for her about her son. Trick's read on it is Damal feels like he fulfilled his obligation, didn't work out, and he doesn't want to deal with Ulrich necessarily. And if he brings it up to far then like he'll have to continue dealing with that. That's Trick's understanding, or Trick's assessment, but you can tell me how accurate or inaccurate that is. So, I would say you had two threats on this. Yep. And I, I don't think that should be used for you to misinterpret anything here. I okay. think it makes more sense for this to emotionally resonate with Trick in a... Mm. Yeah, there is that. In a negative way. Like, in a, uh, that's the Manu way. <laughs> I mean, your mom wasn't super, like, obsessed with her culture. Right? No. But you can empathize with being written off. Yeah. In, in a certain way. And it, it is sounding to you all like... Damal was mad. The, and then was just like, I have no news for you. I have no news for not, you. And then at some point, even if he's not mad anymore, she stops asking, maybe. Yeah. Like, Damal has removed the problem of Alric from Lonfar's plate. Not necessarily in a way that Lonfar intended to right. happen, right? right? She was trying to get her son to a safer location, and Damal took that as license to be like, this will make things better for you. Right. Now, oh, yeah, yeah. He takes license to protect. So, at, at, at this point, this is where the, the question of what you guys tell her regarding your own observations about the recent history come into play. Because you've read through all these things, you're you're thinking about all this stuff, and Lonfar is like, how is it that you met both Alric and Damal? How is it that Damal still owns the Falcons, but Alric runs the aviary? Like, how can they possibly be working together? And Damal is telling me that, like... I, like, Trick's only response to that is probably, like, they, they seem to have a slightly distant but professional relationship, which I... That seems what all of Damal's relationships are. Slightly distant but professional <laughs> that's nodding now. Yeah. And, like, Ulrich's... I mean, Ulrich's life isn't super exciting. Might need some... <laughs> Might be a vigilante. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he owns an inn. He brings in, you know, storytellers from wide and far there. Uh, but that's that's also not a business that I think Damal is super familiar with. And Trick is like, like... It does seem like Damal is maybe doing the bare minimum of what he thinks needs to fulfill his obligation. Hippa, do you have anything you want to add? I'm trying to think of what I want to do. So Hippa wants to basically not... Blame anyone? Well, <laughs> obviously not blame anyone, but I don't think she wants to be telling stuff that's that Alric wouldn't want her to. Alric wouldn't want me to judge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean, he hasn't been very secretive that he didn't take to the alchemy. And yeah. none of the letters seem to really mention that, that how their falling out went. So I think maybe Hepa will say that Auric didn't seem to take to the alchemy so well. And Damal didn't seem to like that. I think he wanted him to stay with it. Go back to it. Yeah. So so that would be kind of the way she'll say it. She's going to really work not to make it sound blaming or like it's anybody's fault. But she might even pull the letter because that's kind of how she works is like the timeline. This may be when they kind of... He stopped being an, an apprentice. Okay. Because she doesn't really know when he, what he left meant. Because, like, she didn't get the full story, but I don't know that it went so well. Okay. And that makes complete sense to, like, Ocean and Lonfar. Like, Lonfar had intended, like, Alric to resume alchemist training. Like, he had tried it as a child and it hadn't clicked with him. She supposes, like, she's not surprised that Damal would, like attempt to get Alric, like, back into it, because that's... I mean, that makes sense. That is Damal's trade. So, if it went as well the second time as it went the first time, okay, that could have caused some friction, but she's also, she's, like, agitated, like, why... And, you know, you don't have an answer for it, but, like, you know, why didn't Damal tell her? Why did he write her son out of her life? 
probably makes them makes him uncomfortable and then then it was too late it was cost him too much but now it's too too late the cost always comes due and he was set up in a inn so he had a job and he was safe like Hepa's gonna look on the bright side like this whole time he wasn't in danger she knows of <laughs> except for you know when the vigilante things are going on yeah, except for when i'm falling out of a tree and he has to pull out his knives yeah. A slightly devious idea is forming Trick's mind. Uh oh. Okay. Of when we eventually go back to Jamal and hypothetically owe him money. We're like, well, but there is this matter of. <laughs> Blackmail? That's a late for that. <laughs> <laughs> of messages not being properly delivered, full information. I, like, I need some glasses or something to push. <laughs> I don't think that Trick wants to bring this up to Lonfar, though. Okay. But Trick will definitely do that later. But Hepa also, she might have known. I don't really know Damal that well to know his motivations. When was the last time you saw Damal in person? She hasn't seen Damal in person since Damal left Weldon, and that was okay. close to 20 years ago. Right. Damal and Lanfar had fled the war and had ended up in Weldon, but like once the war was over and things were being rebuilt and stuff like that, Damal really wasn't happy here, and Damal wanted to go back at least closer to home. Damal had no interest in actually attempting to cross the mm. Sandy Waste on his own, but Lonfar right. had met Ocean, and she didn't want to leave. Makes and Damal like, stayed around longer, probably out of like a sense of responsibility. Alric was born, he grew up, they apprenticed him to Damal. It did not last very long and at that point Damal was like okay your family's all set up I have no further responsibilities here right and that was when he moved up to South Tower now as much as you two elves are like footloose and fancy free and wandering around all the time these humans don't take vacations they don't like pack up Alric had to get something to cover for him so that he could have an evening that he spent with Hapa so no there is no like leisure travel for the working human and she has had letters which is far more communication than most Wesnoff families who are separated torn asunder yeah but she hasn't seen him maybe he doesn't realize that he didn't say anything to you she uh pulls up the paper i have no news for you i have no news for you or or that he didn't tell you what happened or how often do letters get lost Adrian's pretty good. I don't think it's that often. Is that, is that a... Adrian does not come here. Really? No, um, Kilk and Nar do. Hmm. You do happen to know that Adrian flies eastward. Right. Which is the direction of your forest, the Esmar Hills. Who else is receiving messages to the east? It's like, <laughs> Trick will even, like, wonder that out loud. <laughs> Um, so Kilk and Nar run a more westerly route, and Adarin. There's not even any farms to do. There are human are there? settlements. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The Esmark Hills is an area that like has sparse settlement. Okay. But she probably knows them all better than we do, so she would know. I mean, that's the thing. Hepa's just like. Yeah, and and but she's sitting here like shaking her like fist, wondering how well she does actually know them all, or yeah. how well he knows her. That he would think that this was what she wanted. Ocean is like supportive of her and quiet obviously Alric is his son but this seems like an issue between Lonfar and her brother right and as excitable and like friendly as Ocean is he also maybe a little bit like Peppa is not really interested in conflict right that's why we got along so well we could just talk about paper yeah he's (laughs) he has a certain meekness about him that's fine Uh, so as I said is there anything you wish to deliver to Alric or to Demal, I assure you the Elvish courier service is the finest in land. We're slower. <laughs> okay, we're slower. <laughs> but some of the best Elvish scouts, the best Elvish outriders, right? Outriders are like the higher level. Yeah. They have to be close to matching a falcon. Probably not. But they oh. can carry more. We will make sure it gets there. Her message for Alric is whatever he may think. Lonfar and Ocean haven't been silent all this time. And no, they're not mad. And yes, they love him. And they want to know, like, how he is. And if you can communicate that to Alric, 
and facilitate him in getting a message back to us. I think that could definitely be done. <laughs> right. I have no news. <laughs> Just, I'm fine. All right, come on. Yeah, because they know that Alric is not literate, right? So that's why they say facilitate him. Getting as far him. as they know, he's not literate. As of ten years he's ago, not. Yeah. as of ten years ago, he wasn't literate. Yes, he. I believe he has a new scribe, and if he doesn't, we can scribe it for him. Right, and and she's like, I can get my own message to the model. <laughs> wasn't sure how heavy, how heavy is something, and trickle fill out his past knuckles as though he's casting a spell, but he's not. <laughs> wasn't sure how heavy is something you wanted uh, sent. <laughs> well, Willow Duster. Uh... Elvish thugs for hire. <laughs> I hear those uh, alchemist shops, uh, you know, things happen. They just blow up one day. <laughs> Nobody knows why. <laughs> Alchemy, that's fun. <laughs> Does she have any, like, of Ulrich's effects that, like, maybe he had to leave in a hurry that never got a chance to get delivered to him? Oh. I would be surprised, but... I think he's going to believe us. <laughs> no, just that he maybe he's actually missing. Hmm. But again, like, she doesn't have to do it now. We can... Probably swing back through on the way back. I cannot think of anything because they're not very. That's true. They're not object oriented. Yeah. People. And because there was, like, they're expressing concern about their son and things like that, but given the conditions that he left in, given what you know at least a little bit about what he was mixed up when when he was a teenager, it's not like they had a, a perfect family household at the time. Like, how well did they really know Alric? How well did they understand what he was going through and stuff like that is questionable. And maybe now that they're all adults with settled, somewhat settled lives, maybe they can reconnect on a different level. It's kind of similar to, not exactly the same, but like Trick and Maeve can like agree that we can get to know each other. Yeah, that makes sense. But we're never going to be a happy family. Like Alric's situation is not the same because he had parents growing up, right? But there is like a, a chance to get reappointed. Yeah, because so, we don't know exactly what he thinks about the whole thing, like what his side of this was. Right. So, there is no, like, object. All right, what about, you will know this better than we do, like a really nice Weldon local brew. Because <laughs> he's always looking for the next the next big thing. A bottle of ale. Um, <laughs> it's a long ways for us to be taking it, though. It'll be well-aged by the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. You know, you said you were looking for another thing that might have to break along the way. There you go. I'm, I'm happy to bring whatever to Alric. Trust me. <laughs> okay, somebody's going to have a one encumbrance Weldon. I could only take that. I already carry on me. I need a good name for it, though. The King's Choice? That's good. Okay. Sounds like a generic brand, doesn't it, though? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it's just the grocery store. King's Choice Ale. You took out your map to, like, draw Adarin's harness type thing and stuff yeah and ocean has kind of been like sort of looking at like what your stack of paper is that you work on oh yeah it's just like where did i get it it's, it's just elvish parchment yeah um you can still look at it there's a sealant i use to protect it so um he has some paper suggestions for you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um thinner but durable paper i'll write that on the side of my map <laughs> That is a kind that, that he makes and stocks, so he can supply you with, with some. If you're willing to accept, like, a payment in kind for delivering a message to Alric. Yeah, as she gets her purse out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he'll give you a folio of oh, paper. Nice. Folio of plume and paper paper. So at this point, I think what Hatha would like to convey is that just stuff about the parting glass and how Alric manages the, the place and the things she kind of knows about, like Mabel taking him in and then now he runs the place and he's got a waitress and a cook just to kind of give them an idea of he's what. He's got employees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's really, to Heppa, that was like a kind of a thing. You know, he runs the place. He's, he's respected. No. Or he should probably say he's respected. <laughs> I think so. He's respected there. Runs his own. He's the publican. Uh, at one point, Lonfar talked about getting a message from Alric. Was concerned of. Well, Kilk and um, Kilk and Nar are the ones that work that fly in this general direction. Okay. He, because he runs the aviary, so it's just a matter of being able to write the message. Right. Right. Okay. Shine like, oh, do I need to go get mate? Like, all right, this is Lonfar. 
Right, you have to give him a treat, otherwise he won't. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess we could just try to send a message with mate. If you, if you wish, that, so like that's a, a legitimate plan if you want to pursue it. I think that's a uh, that's good to do. A trick like, uh, if you'll excuse me, I have to go get my bird just in case the falcons are having trouble. At which point, of course, Long Far will assume that you have a falcon. I'll let her assume that for now. <laughs> uh, we'll have to go outside and like look around. Like, looks down the lane, and there's some people who are like, they were having some lunch, clearly, and then something got taken, and the, one of them is chasing after a bird. And so Trick will just whistle. Like an ibis stealing onion rings. Yes. That's true. At that point, like, the people aren't even annoyed that, like, food was stolen. They're like, they're throwing some food at him to get him to go away. <laughs> Which was Mate's plan all along. So, yes, he has some unusual street food in his beak as he okay. rolls in. Unusually greasy. It's a level of grease he's familiar with from all yes. of his pub food days. He is... Able to well weather the cold. Okay. So you let mate know that it's safe to come. Yeah, like, you better stay close, though, mate, okay? There's falcons up there. Mate flies in and, uh... But there's somebody you gotta meet. Lands on your shoulder. Yep. So you walk back in with a magpie. I want to know what Lanfar's reaction to this is. Lanfar, does she bother making a cool check, or has enough things happened today? I mean, she's an excitable person. Ocean's excitable. Lanfar's amicable. Oh, um, I misunderstood. I thought they were both excitable. I mean, you are Trixie. I mean, yeah, I guess she was excited about that. That is true. So, Lonfar is going to make a cool check. She had some cool eyes in her call. She does. This is mostly about not wanting to, like, insult you regarding her response to your bird. I think she gets a blue die because, like, Trick's not going to be insulted. (laughs) What people think about me. (laughs) She fails to keep her cool, but she has advantages. So... Oh, what an interesting... (laughs) (laughs) He's the one that delivers? (laughs) Her eyes kind of go a bit wide, and she's like, yep, he's bold, bold indeed. I, he was causing trouble with Ulrich's aviary, eating their food, so I, I cleared him out of there, and he kept hanging out because I kept giving him food. But sometimes he brings me food, too, so it's a fair trade. And that scavenger delivers messages? At least once, yeah. He ties knots. He can tie knots, too. Taking this as a... A request for performance. Nate hops down off your shoulder. All right, fine. We'll give you the treat first. <laughs> Looks up at you expectantly, has a snack, then walks around a little bit until he finds... Actually, he finds, all, like, there's all these ribbons of paper everywhere. And so, like, Nate kind of, like, pokes at them some and, like, then dismisses them as not worthy of being tied and finds some other, like... Probably, like, goes to the edge of the, of the, the rug and, like... Oh, well, where good. there's the. I was wondering if you would like untie a spice jar and <laughs> the fringe. <laughs> yeah, so he he goes to the edge of the rug and he like ties some of the fringe pieces together. I have a hard enough time doing that with two thumbs, but you know I, I don't use my mouth to tie knots. But I guess that isn't the same thing as delivering a message. <laughs> he made it to Damal's at least once. You sent him to Alrix with the instruction yeah. to find Damal, so he did successfully do that. Yeah. Places that he knows real well, which he hung out there for a long time. He can get to. I don't know if he'd be able to get back here. Uh, but, like, this is magpie territory, so... I imagine your falcons have a heck of a time when they hit, like, within the city limits. Her falcons... You, you get kind of the same comment you got from Alric, which essentially is that her falcons are well-behaved. Like, her falcons know how to behave themselves. Well, like, well, one, they're, like, well-fed and well-cared for, mm-hmm. so they don't necessarily, like, need to disturb the local wildlife. They are very protective of this building. Right. So certainly, like, any pigeon or dove that chooses to alight on the roof risks their ire. They have the cleanest roof in in Weldon. (laughs) But also, because they are in Weldon and because of the issues she has had related to keeping falcons, generally speaking, like, she doesn't have them out and about in the city. That makes sense. If she's going to have them deliver messages, she will generally take them out of the city and then, like send them from there. They will return to here and hers often fly in at night to avoid any issues. That is an impressive level of training. This is like the adaptations she has been forced to make. The cons- And I think what she says is concessions and Ocean like kind of corrects her to adaptations. That's how that goes. Right. Yeah, don't rub their faces in it, probably, is the 
So I think if you if you give him a treat, there's a better chance he'll remember you. I probably remember this place because it's full of the Falcons, and that's where he used to live in <laughs> farming class. So she scoops out some of the the rice dish into like a little snatch of bread and rice, Ooh. and uh, says, "Let's see how you can do with this." How he handles the spice level. Oh, thanks for the reminder. You guys need to make resilience yep. checks. Oh. I forgot two purples. Do I get a blue die for being Manu? No, this is not about genetics. <laughs> this is about your palate and what you're accustomed to. Yep. That is a failure with one advantage. Two success, but two threats. This is really just to like inform your role playing. The food is definitely spicier than your elvish food normally is. Right. You get like the, you know, your cheeks feel hot and you start to like sweat. Have a, you succeeded your check. Right. Um, it's up to you whether you like it or not, or whether you can just tolerate it. But you are feeling a little bit of a burn. Right. I'm trying to think, well, two threats maybe is that she doesn't. Alric's favorite dish. You don't like it. It's like, mm, it's all right, I guess. Maybe you can find, if you need to get some like yogurt on the side for yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's how I succeed is by managing to figure out how to do the alchemical version of it. And then I'm worried, worried that I'm an offender. Ooh, okay. Because especially when we started eating, I already laid into with the Alric and the Damal thing. So maybe she <laughs> figures out whatever combination that needs to eat, but she's still a little worried. Okay. And Trick, you failed it. That is pretty spicy. But you have an advantage. Do you have an advantage? Like, I think it was good, but it's like... So, you know, maybe you need to order the mild version next time. Can I get the, like, Wesnoth spicy version <laughs> instead of the Manu spicy version? Also, it's way too hot for me. I'm not sure that would be the case, though. Really? Yeah, because one of the things you can do against squirrels is put capsicum in the bird feed. Oh, Because that's true. the birds don't chemically don't respond that. to it. You're right. He probably doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think Mate does just fine. Yep. You don't know how much of this he's already had. That's true. <laughs> okay. So they will write their message down. I mean, they delivered it to you verbally. Yep. And they know Alaric has to receive it verbally, but they will write it down as well mm-hmm. and entrust it to you. Uh, if they have a message they'd like us to deliver to them all, understand you can deliver your own, but, you know, sometimes a message in person has a little bit more punch. <laughs> she's like, no, I'm writing him now. Yeah, she's not going to pass a message to Demal through you guys. Understood. From... The sounds of everything you guys have said, you have like a business relationship with them all, but you have a more personal relationship with Elric. That's pretty yes. much true. And also, Damal, she knows she can communicate directly with Elric. Clearly, she can't. Right. And I'll take the letter for Elric. Okay. And keep it with my math stuff so that it doesn't get damaged or whatever. But I can read it and memorize it too, word for word, if I need to. Then I think that's probably everything here unless you have any other questions or things that you would share or things you wish to observe or anything. I think that's good. I mean, I got a recipe, I got some paper, got to meet his parents. Unless there's anything else they want to know, she's happy to like, you know, about where he is now or how handsome he is. (laughs) (laughs) You volunteer that information? She doesn't volunteer that exactly, but you know, if there's like, yeah, that's why she was like, he does, he's, you know, in charge of the, just so that they know that he's still keeps his knives. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, well, she probably doesn't mention the knives. She's just like, yeah, he's not homeless. You know, he's. They have more they want to know. She'll tell him, but she's gonna try not to be too gushy, even though she will be a little bit. You definitely get like a relief, like particularly from Ocean. Lonfar has a lot of like anger that she's like holding in, but like what you get from Ocean is like relief, really, because mm-hmm. like. Like this whole time he's just like assumed that like Ulrich is off wandering through the Esmark Hills, like a vagabond or whatever. Oh man. Um, met him in the hills. <laughs> no, he has people for that. Stealing, lost his other hand. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you were describing him as like an upstanding businessman. Yeah. Like a success in his community. You have managed to avoid any mention of anything nefarious. You mm. also haven't really said anything about any... Um, underworld ties that the fighting glass has so it's open to everyone i yeah i think hepa could leave that stuff out i mean but her first thing was that she, she knew about him because of a referral from somebody 
who's got underworld ties. But <laughs> she's not going to say that. Right. So as far as like Ocean is concerned, you are telling him that his, his son is a success, mm-hmm. which is way better than what he thought. Yeah. Because, yeah. Trip will also update on other uh, manners in, in South Tower. You know, Maeve is a uh, you know, captain of the guard there. She's very fancy. Blonfar has not seen Maeve since, since like, the, the evacuation of Hissenham. Well, that's but, right, because like, Maeve joined the army. Yeah, Maeve joined Gwedry's forces, whereas Blonfar and Damal and others, like, continued to flee. So Blonfar is like, wow, she's, like, come far. I guess Blonfar, it's not necessarily like, oh, I'm not surprised, but I guess Blonfar will say, like, yeah, Maeve had, like, a lot of fire in her. She still does, I think. She's captain of the guard, but it's not like she's... Well, yep, that's where she's at. She's good. No, she's always always looking for the next one more she can do. Uh, and uh, I guess I have a younger sister. Oh, if you've heard congratulations. of congratulations. <laughs> yeah, Dame Terwane of the Horse Plains. So she uh, she took after uh, Maeve's riding skills. You know, I took her bow shooting skills. So. Oh, and you have the bow. All right. Because he wears the ring t- or the bone ring. Do you right? wear the ring regularly, or do you only put it on like for shooting purposes? You know, that's an interesting point. I think I probably only put it on for shooting, but Trick plays around with his willow duster. It probably just now occurs to him that like, oh, I can play with this too. Because the willow duster, it doesn't have a thumb hole, right? No, breast knuckles do not. Have yeah, so you can definitely wear oh. a thumb ring at the same time. Huh, bone piece. Interesting. Maybe not. It's not like. Elf or human bone? No, but who knows? Actually, Trick has no idea what kind of animal it could be. Anything. <laughs> this bone came from a horse folk that I it had could to kill. Be, could be tusk. That's true. Uh, yeah. So Trick would relay that, and he's like, "Oh, what did like go? Xerxes? Yeah, he's the blacksmith in town. He's you know very helpful. He dislikes shotting horses still." Uh, do you tell them about any of his innovations? That was the harness. Well, like yeah. And the, the lazy Susan. Yeah, like, the harness, like yeah. I guess his work is on display at the parting glass. They're able to like. Not capture, like, redirect a lot of the light in there to get better stage presence. And, and, you know, like this chime system. Did Xerxes have a hand in this? Did he come visit? Uh, or did you put this together? She put that together herself. That's very impressive. Yes, for all that their clan had, like, very portable lifestyle and stuff, there was, like, a season of the year when they would be in, like, the large town. So there, there was, like, a more permanent residence type thing there. And so they did most of their... She'd say crafting during the season when they were in the town versus when they were traveling around. And like, it's kind of like make all of your wares when you're stationary. Right. And then like when you're on your, your route. Then sell. Then sell. And also like forage and, and other things like that. Hmm. But Maeve's family was less of um, the crafters and more of the like security. Like, yeah, I get that feeling from her. <laughs> you don't say. And I guess Lonfar will actually tell you about your grandmother. Oh, interesting. Because she was in charge of security for... Hmm. Not client. that there was not like a captain of the guard, right. right? But like she held that position. Like she was a lead wind rider and, and clearly like Maeve has taken after her. Very much so. I think Maeve is still using her bow. It's a very, very important thing I... Admit, I don't have a full understanding of that, but it's a very nice weapon. Takes a little getting used to. Had to learn offhand. Elvis shooting is very different, but I figure one day if I can learn to use both bows at once, and, and Trickle almost have to cut himself off. He's like, yeah, <laughs> this is a little too ridiculous. You have to use your feet, I think. Maybe I can get me to help me. Not sure what kind of bow yeah, I know. strength he would have. Oh, Heppa will tell her about all the Falcons, because she remembers that Alric said their family. That's right. Oh. So then she starts with the one that's retired. I don't remember all the names, but I think Kepa <laughs> right, right. does because she wrote them all down. So that he's retired, and then I don't, I don't know how far back it would go for her because then she'd be like, and there's two babies, and then she probably so. Yeah. Well, and Adarin, Adarin is an offspring of some of Lonvar's because Adarin right. was born here or hatched here, and Alric took her with him. So then, yeah, she'll say Adarin. Course. So this is how your feathered grandkids are doing? Yeah, yeah. So that was the thing. Like, I don't know. I think Adrian was the only one that he came with, but yeah. she may know the other falcons or at least their yeah. heritage or whatever. And Hepa remembers that Ark said they're family, so they're Manus, right? Because <laughs> they're all related. <laughs> okay, cool. So we're going to stop there. Oh, I give them a ribbon because they gave, provided us hospitality. 
I am not dead, despite how spicy it was. Before they earned a ribbon. I roll to recover some strength? Yes. Mm. Oh, but I have second wind. I would use that. I have second wind. When me needs a snack, Trick gets a snack. <laughs> I learned a recipe. That was and an you experience. Don't like. You just had an experience. But you had an experience. That, but she would eat it again to be polite. <laughs> and you know, would she make it to be polite? Uh, she would make it to make Alric happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's the whole reason why she learned the recipe. Fair enough. It's too bad she doesn't care for it, but she probably would never tell him that. You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland, aka West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.